another TriStar. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I love their film, so now, now that you remember, yeah, like I'm telling you, I can, all I can hear is that theme song of that horse coming along. No, it's great. Like you knew, like, oh man, yep. this is the film I want to I want to watch. Damn it. Yeah, sure shit. It starts off Fright Night 2. How could it be terrible? <laughs> yeah, how could it be? I don't know. Boy. Hi, this is Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Children of the Atoms. Hello, everybody. We are back. Mm-hmm. Been right. a few days, so we've had a chance to let some TV stack up. How do you feel about the Obi-Wan series as a whole? Because when we last left off, uh, it was episode three. It was right after Vader and Obi-Wan had their, their next battle, and Obi-Wan really got his ass kicked, and... Vader let him go for some un, undetermined reasons, and then, you know, here we are. Uh, the finale just premiered today, and the episode six was quite the turnaround for me for, as far as the rest of the series go. I think as a whole, this series is meant to be streamed. Uh, it's meant to be binged. It I, has I mean, to be. rather, like, in a day. Like, you can't... They can't do weekly releases like this and have it be one big overarching story. It has to be like an episodic thing to do like the weekly release. Like they can't, you, you know what I mean? It 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 just it destroys the tone of the show. And it really kind of makes you makes you fickle about the first like maybe three and a half episodes where it was really really slow, and then in the last two hours of the series altogether, they wrap up every plot point and just blast through things I wanted to see more of, like Reva's backstory, Reva's turn, I mean where, how long was she planning on going against Darth Vader because they literally flipped her on a dime, they could have been setting that up in episode 2 like there's so many things and threads they just, they blasted through and just kind of ignored till the last few minutes, it just oh, would this have been better as a movie? Yes. Like did, did did the series need less episodes to tighten up the story or what? I don't know what you I don't could know what have, the problem was. Damn. Yeah, this, this could have been a movie. You could have tightened it up, some tight writing, edit out some stuff. There's a lot of crap in here that doesn't need to be in there. But, I mean, this really, I mean, it follows all the pacing. Each episode kind of follows the pacing of each movie that's come out. You yeah. Know, from episode one through episode six. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have done that and really made a real clever movie out of that. You just don't, you don't need all the crap in there. Hell, you could have made this into two movies at least, but... You're right. I mean, it's it's it breaks the pacing, you know, when you're watching this and waiting a week. You know, you need to be able to watch this back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, because that's how they're telling the story. They're not telling it in chapters. Like, you know, it's just, it's one long go, basically. Yeah. Like, you don't need the break in the storytelling with this. That might have been part of the problem with uh, with the Book of Boba Fett. I mean, okay, there there's a, a lot, lot of glaring, problems with that. A lot of problems with Book of Boba Fett. But it might have been better if like the mandalorian they told it in actual story chunks and just threaded through the overall plot instead of just you know same plot every episode broke it up into parts yeah but the mandalorian is a is supposed to be chapters you know it's multi-season it's just the continuing story of the mandalorian this is supposed to be a self-contained story now i know there's talk and you know the rumors of a season two to this thing but when this thing first started this was supposed to be a self-contained story that's just supposed to kind of fill in the blanks a little bit between you know the end of uh revenge of the sith and the start of a new hope and i think 
okay, after episode three, you know, episode four was basically Obi-Wan getting revived and he goes to rescue Leia. Episode five itself is the actual, the rescue and uh, Reva had their, she inserted a tracking bug on, on Lola, Leia's little droid, and they found the resistance. They were going to take out the resistance, but then in what seems to be a, a continuing thing is that Obi, uh, no, I'm sorry, Darth Vader's thirst for revenge against Obi-Wan was overpowering his, like, I guess, the, the the Grand Inquisitor's pragmatism. Like, he wanted to go after the uh, go after the Resistance, and Vader's like, no, fuck that, we're getting Obi-Wan. And you can see, like, the Grand Inquisitor's like, he's throwing side-eye at fucking Darth Vader, like, in that very scene where he's like, are you sure, we sh- are you sure about this, my lord? And he's fucking throwing him dirty glances and shit. Yeah, I mean, it's what you get when you're not a full-blown Sith, you know, you can't just stand up to the guy. I mean, the guy will choke you out and shit, you know. Right. We saw in the previous episode that, you know, he has the ability to, like, stop a lightsaber with the Force, so... Damn, yeah, that fight he and Reva had, like, for... Okay, as far as her backstory goes, like, I, I appreciate the, the slow setup to where it was obvious it was going to be Anakin was the one that was attacking her, and, you know, they really kind of had us all food, uh, fooled because we expected her to be rescued by another by another Jedi, and lo and behold, she was not. She was ran through and just fucking survived. Yeah, it seems like everybody gets run through. <laughs> yeah. But I, I recently and, and heard, so, though... So, like, you, you understand her, her motivation for wanting to get back at Vader. I just wish they would have planted the seeds for what she was actually up to way earlier. Because, like I said, it felt like she turned on an instant. Like, all of a sudden, nowhere, she's like, well, I'm here to kill Darth Vader. It's like, well, but, you know, tease it sooner. Give Let there be a lingering look or, you know, just something. Like, there has to be something there. Just the complete turn like that. Like, it, it made her redemption like in the end kind of fall pretty flat because it felt like her going after vader was just out of nowhere yeah well i i think it was set up to not, to not be a quick turn like you're supposed to understand that this was a long game for her like ever since she was she watched anakin you know kill all her friends right she has been plotting revenge since day one and she just plays the long game he's like i got to get in their good graces i got to join their team and eventually, I got to work myself up to the Grand Inquisitor, so therefore I can be right. close to Vader. So that—that's the whole point of this. Is yes, and it's not until that episode five when mm-hmm. Obi One becomes aware of this plan and, and right. I mean, somehow realizes like, oh yeah, you're you're trying to kill him, not trying to help him. Yeah, he he solves like the mystery, and she goes to take on Vader, and it's uh, her skills as a, a Force wielder are ridiculously cool. She is pretty fucking badass, but Darth Vader, like, his power levels in this series, off the charts, man. Yeah, he's this ramped dude, up. Ridiculous. Holy shit, man. I mean, well, he's even... He's doing stuff in here. Like, it, it kind of lends some credence to, like, the the theory in, for the uh, the original trilogy that every time he fought Luke, he was indeed holding back. Yeah. Because he didn't, maybe deep down, he didn't really want to, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to kill his son. Like, considering how OPD is here, like, he could have handled Luke in two seconds. Yeah, I wonder if it's, like, supposed to be, like, he's getting older and, like, he's not as strong as he used to be. Is that... Because <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty weak fight. I mean, Grant, I understand, yes. It's because technology was, you know, limited back then to what we could show. And, yeah, you know, it's sure. hard to see, uh, you know, a 70-some-year-old Alec Guinness <laughs> or whatever, however old he was when that film, you know jumping around and doing all the stuff that he does now but yeah it's it's much more tame back then you know in the future in the show but back then for us of watching Mm -hmm. this stuff 
as it is now. But I, but the, I understand it's just technology. But right. Did they ever speaking of Riva and her ultimate plan to to kill Vader? Did they ever reveal how she figured out Vader was Anakin? Or is no. that something they just kind of glossed over? Okay, so here's here's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see a Riva show on Disney Plus. Okay. I feel like they're going to have some kind of in between story, or it's going to be the story now after her redemption and going forward. Maybe she goes oh. on her own and you know tries to build her own little Jedi Order or something. I I don't know. I'm just making that bold prediction. Maybe she now. meets up with Cal Kestis, like two former Jedi, like trying to find their way. Maybe she shows up in the video game. Who knows? I. I doubt it because they're, you know, uh, you know. I think if anything, he comes live action and putting yes. the two of them together or maybe having her show up in one of the other series they're doing, it's, you know, it's an open ball field. Like, they can really do whatever they want. I just, you know, I hope whatever they do for her, they give her, like, I want to cover more of her backstory. Like, yeah, it, she, she could also, there's, there's I just, a ton I just more of this. There. She could show up in the Ahsoka show that they're, that they're coming out with. <gasps> Yeah, because she is looking for, like, the big crux of it is, like, she's hunting for survivors of Order 66 kind of deal. So. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, and that throws Cal right in the mix, too. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right about that. Like, Cal Kestis is going to show up in live-action form somewhere. He has to. He's I mean, got to, right? If, if, ju- if just anything, gonna, just to promote that They're going to shit game. their pants. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. But what color should his lightsaber be in the show? Because like, everyone's made it a different color. Like, what... What what color do you like? Would define Cal? Well, whenever I play the game, it's always going to be like the purple color or even a green. But yeah. you know, I know a lot of people like to get through the game. And spoiler alert: when you get through the game, you know, you get the orange lightsaber. That uh, one is pretty dope. It's, it's not my favorite, uh, but really, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. But I, if they go with anything, they're going to go with the blue lightsaber because that's what he starts with in the video game. Oh yeah, that's fair. So. To make it make it all fair, you know, you give him the warrior saber, you know, because that's seems like everybody's favorite, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Overall, how about the actual, you know, the big the big big brawl in episode six? We all knew was coming. Is there Obi Wan? You know, he's he's feeling fully charged up or charged up enough to go ahead, and he's trying to give the rebellion a chance to escape because he knows for sure Vader's coming after him and nobody else. So he lures Vader away. In the planet they go to, I absolutely adore the setting mm-hmm. of this lightsaber battle. It, it, it's this like it, deserted moon, basically desolate planet, whatever. There's no light, like there's barely any moonlight shining down on them. It's really just all the lightsabers just lighting up the, the whole thing. That's what makes it so Jesus. good is all those those tall rocks, so the lights just bounce off that. Mm-hmm. This is one thing that the series does really well, and they kind of started this in. Uh, Rogue One, where they really made the lightsaber reflective. Like, like throughout the series, you would see the red lightsaber reflecting off of Vader's armor, and the blue lightsaber uh-huh. reflecting off his armor. Where yeah. you go back to Star Wars, because everything was rotoscope back then. Like, you couldn't do that. Mm. Like, there was no light reflecting off it. But it's right. just a cool touch that they do, and it makes it much more realistic. And now, yeah, now they're built, battling out in this dark moon, like you said, with those tall rocks. And, like, the light and the sparks are just bouncing. The light's bouncing off of every surface. It's really great looking. Yeah. And deep down, I really thought they were going to do it on Tatooine. Like, I, I, in my yeah, of heart, I was they like, would, there's yes. no way they're not going to fight on Tatooine. Yeah, then but the, I'm really then, glad they didn't, because, like, that would have... They really... They danced the line... As far as potential canon-breaking plot spoiler, like, you know, 
messy riding scenarios when Reba was chasing Luke I was thinking like there's no fucking way like he's not gonna he would never he would remember being hunted by a Jedi yes. so there's no way he could actually see her using her force powers in any capacity or see a lightsaber right because he's never like he's all amazed in a new hope to like see the lightsaber and, and being yeah. told what a lightsaber is and all that stuff so mm-hmm yeah, there's. So they did it well, man. I was pretty fucking nervous. Like when they kept. Okay, I, I get them wanting to. They had to relieve the tension of the Obi Wan Invader fight on whatever moon they were on. So cutting back to to Reva kind of hunting, you know, Luke, <laughs> like to just murder him basically, and the whole Beru and, and Owen battle. It, it there were stakes there, but not really because you knew like Luke was gonna live. Like it, we we all obviously we knew well, obviously Obi Wan we were gonna live too, but not to what extent. Like we wanted like that's the part we really 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 wanted to see. But going back to, and checking in on them, like man, it was when the episode was over. I was very relieved that they didn't create any kind of of a thing. A plot by having, yeah, yeah, by having Luke see something or something happen. Like yeah, that. I thought they did a really really good job with that. They did, and they and I will say even going forward on the ending of that epi- of this episode is <laughs> they they did make a point to try to tie up every one of those loose ends, you know, that everybody's oh been talking about over the last six weeks. You know, they, they, they kind of covered that whole idea that, yeah, you know, he's got to tell Leia that we can't tell anybody that you really know me, you know, so right. that's why you got to pretend like you're surprised, you know, when you're trying to send me that message and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff or, oh, there's <laughs> just, they, they try to do all this stuff to make everything so night nice and tight, you know, but. There's one way to fix that is you don't have to tell a story in the same small universe, you know, you just like have well, just wait till season two and Obi-Wan leaves the planet now. Yeah. And, and t- it probably goes back to Alderaan and, you know, hangs out with uh, you know, Jimmy Smith's and everybody else. Well, the, that line of dialogue at the at the end was very telling when he's talking to Baru and Owen and he says, Luke is perfectly safe with you guys. You know, he doesn't need my protection. It's like right there. It's like, well, that frees up Obi-Wan to completely leave the planet if they want to do a second season. If they want to, yes. Yeah, he's all, yeah, well, it's just the will of the Force. You know, the, the Force will decide right. when we'll get back together and I'll have to train right. him. Yeah, it's pretty convenient. Right. Uh, <laughs> so maybe he goes away for a few years and comes back as actually old Obi-Wan and that's when he retires to the Dune Sea. I, I thought I assumed he was like moving to the Dune Sea when we left Lossium on there, you know, yeah. going across and then heading to the rocky areas and stuff. Well, where... but what about season two when he goes on the buddy comedy, like uh, on the buddy comedy romp with Ghost Qui Gon throughout the galaxy? Well, he's either going to do that or he's got to pair up with young Luke or something for some little yeah. adventure, like a which... Weekend at Bernie style adventure where they have to find a body to put Qui Gon's spirit in. Oh Jesus! Something <laughs> along those lines, because they're yeah. a Force triad, not a dyad. That's right. It's yeah, one it's not, level better. It's not a rule of two here, so. Right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this would be best left as a self-contained story. This is all I really need to know. Right. I don't, I mean, the whole purpose of him being on Tatooine is to hide out, to not be discovered. He has a mission. He's got to protect yep. Luke. You know, he almost fucked that up by having to go and help save Leia, which, you know, I get, but, you know, he has one mission to do. Right. It man, like I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize how close they were to Tatooine because once he realized Reba was hunting Luke, he was there in like two minutes. Okay, hold on, because uh, there, there's something I've got to bring up here. Okay, so th- this episode starts 
Yeah. With all the people trying to get away, and of course, like in every Star Wars movie, the hyperdrive system is hyperdrive. not working. Fucking the shittiest hyperdrive. They're trying to do man. everything they can to fix this thing, and they're like, <laughs> "Yep." So you know, Obi Wan's like, "Well, I'll get off here. I'll distract him. He's gonna come after me. He'll let mm-hmm. you go." Yep. So he drops off in that dropship, takes off. And what does he do, like, later in the episode? Hyperdrive. No problem. I was like, how the fuck did you not just get as many people on that thing to take off? You know? It was just... I was like, come on, guys. You gotta be smarter than that. Yeah. Like, make give the episode, like, oh, like, this this ship's too small. You you can't go to... It doesn't have a hyperdrive, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's like a TIE fighter. You, you, right. You know, it's, it can only be go so far from its mother ship. Ugh. Glaring you know. pothole. Just, I just, it annoyed me when I watched that. I was like, "Wait a minute, bullshit, bullshit." <laughs> and is it weird? I could kind of hear it as it happened. I was like, "He got there pretty quick." It's like, "Oh boy, yeah, which that's gonna be a problem." Yeah, yeah, that's the other problem I have. <laughs> it's like how quickly he got there because, dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on now. He couldn't have been like just around the corner from Tatooine here. It's like no. It was like he was down at Seven Eleven getting a fucking Slim Jim and like a big golf man. Like that's how quickly he was there at the fucking at the Lars farm. Yeah, like like he just had to jump in the General Lee and jump, take a jump right. and just get right back to you know the farm and shit. And yeah, I was like come on, two seconds. Yeah, and he just got down there just in time mm-hmm. to see Reva bringing Luke back. Yeah, he beat Reva back. She was in the fucking dude seat yes. just a few steps away. He beat her back. I mean, she's only carrying like a forty pound kid. I mean, how hard can that be? Jesus, yeah. She could have used the force to drag him around. Shit. They just, she, or one of those floating pods like what uh, Mando has for Grogu. Yeah, exactly. There you because go. There's another tie-in right there. Wow. They could have shown the lady from the Mandalorian too, the, the Junker. I will. I am absolutely surprised, though, that we did not get like a Mandalorian episode in between You know, all these episodes like they, like they did in Book of Boba Fett. Boy, I, a couple of the, I think the, the real lull of it, unfortunately, was just episode two and three. Just kind of, it, it killed the pace of the show. Like, And again, like that, by and large, the fault of that is the weekly release structure. Like, yeah. it works for some series, but not this one. This well, one should have been it's, all It's trying all to make this shot. into a six-hour movie. Right. And, you know, when you're telling a movie or making a movie, you cut it down. You make it streamlined to tell you a, a, a story that you can pay attention to you're not going to get bored with and you just go with it so you don't need like yeah like two and three you probably could have trimmed down to a, a svelte 20 minutes and yeah. just you know added that into the story but i mean there's there's definitely like if you took all those things all those episodes there's a three-act structure right there you know mm-hmm. you could easily do every one of this and and put this into a movie the question is i i think that there is like well we don't want to spend all the money on that because we got to market that son of a bitch we gotta get into theaters and all that shit and who knows right. if people are gonna see it after the debacle of the uh the, the last three uh, star wars movies yeah for sure and i guess on disney plus like what do they really stand to lose nothing <laughs> like, yeah it's, it there, it's they've already got the distribution already they got a built-in audience they just mm-hmm. gotta make it just like they did with the mandalorian we just make the episodes and we'll put it out yeah all right uh back to part six real quick yeah as far as the actual lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Vader, where does that fall for you as far as all the lightsaber battles we've seen live action so far? Mm-hmm. Is that better than, than Mustafar? It is better than Mustafar for me um, because it's, to me, this this fight is so much more emotional. More um, personal, it felt, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's certainly emotion that Mustafar won, but I feel like 
trying like you and McGregor actually trying to act against you know, Christian or Hayden Christensen. It, you're not getting that emotion. You're getting the action certainly, but it also right. feels very, very rehearsed, staged, and choreographed. Right. Where yeah. this one, it felt much more emotion because it was like it's the rematch. Vader's coming back. He's like, you've crippled me. I am now going to make you suffer. Because that's his mission now. He's like, I'm going to make you suffer until I kill you. You know, right. that's it. I'm going to dominate you. You know, and for Obi-Wan, it's it's like, once again, I have to go back and kill this, this person who was my best friend. So it's extremely emotional. And the fight incorporated a lot more of the force powers, which I liked. You know, I loved it when they just started, like, being so powerful that they were throwing, like, rocks from every direction as and, they're swinging lightsabers too, like yes. yeah, they're with their free hand, they're throwing shit at each other. And Vader's cracking the ground and making you know mm-hmm. holes appear, and you know Dude. everyone's falling into it, and then throwing boulders on top of him to crush him. And mm-hmm. we find out after that happens, like five minutes, you know, like Obi Wan's down there, just using the Force to keep himself alive and trying to push himself out. And of course, this is where he has his breakout moment of understanding that you know, yes, I am the light side Jedi. Uh, you know, I need to stop dwelling on the past and my my failures and you know using the power of my friendship power of love <laughs> can force all the rocks out of the hole but i do yeah. like that because it shows you just how powerful the force is in, yeah. in when it's used by the right person you know like yoda could do that yoda would be throwing ship around he's picking up spaceships right obi-wan's showing that he's got a lot of power too when he can muster it well then after that too that's when obi-wan conjured up like a thousand boulders behind him, like Thanos breaking the yes. moon and throwing it at Iron Man. It just started launching a torrential downpour of fucking rock at Darth Vader. And that's the da- the, or the the turning point of that fight. because yeah. And this is the part that I really love about this fight, is that it's not just, hey, we're banging our lightsabers together and I'm trying to cut a hand off here. Like, Obi-Wan is actually smart about his attack because he goes after Vader's breathing apparatus on his chest. Yeah. If you notice, I don't know. If, I don't know how many times you've watched it now, but if you're watching the fight, he's like bang, bang, bang with the lightsaber, and then he's using yep. the the hilt, the to, hilt, to, yeah, to, to smash bang it. The, the computer yeah. of that, and <laughs> and I love the sound effects of it because you hear that wheezing sound that uh-huh. Vader does from Return of the Jedi. Once again, a kind of callback to the Episode Six. Yep. Is you know, he's wheezing. He's like <gasps> like that, trying to do it, and then here's another retcon that they got. Obi-Wan comes in, slashes the, the helmet, finally gives Vader that scar that we saw in Return of the Jedi. Yep. And it's also apparently a callback to uh, Clone Wars where Ahsoka yeah. Tan was fighting Ahsoka him. Ahsoka did the same thing. Yeah, yep. except except on the other side, I guess. That, uh, yep, on the other side. And she said something along the line of, uh, after she realized it was Anakin, like she says, uh, my, then my master is truly dead. And then Obi-Wan hits him with, you know, then my friend is truly dead. And yep. Luke hit him with, you know, then my father my is truly, truly dead. dead. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, dude, the parallels. Like, they were, they did so much right in, like, in just this episode alone. It's like, what the fuck was going on in episode two and three? Yeah. And like I said, I mean, you could just make this so much better if you streamline it a little bit. Yeah. Just make it a book. But they, they had to draw it out because it's got to be episodic television. Yeah. And I, I really, I, I kind of liked how they were very careful to to wrap up all the threads between he between Obi-Wan and Vader like cuz if they have no more interactions like if there's a season 2 if they have no more interactions from now from between this point in their timeline and a new hope it kind of ties everything up all the all, all the way 
because Anakin or not Anakin Vader tells Obi Wan, "I killed Anakin Skywalker. It's not your fault. You know, stop taking." He basically tells him, "Stop fucking taking yeah. credit for me. I made me." And that's, and I, <laughs> and I do like, like this little bit of writing in there too. Yeah, as they 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 show you that yes, Anakin is not truly dead. He, no, he it's Anakin Skywalker looking for revenge against Obi Wan Kenobi. It's mm-hmm. you know. It's Anakin Skywalker still trying to be that little emo kid and trying to be the badass. When he's talking to the Emperor at the end, you know, the yeah. Emperor's even calling him out. Once again, another callback from Episode 6 is, you know, asking him if his feelings are clear. Because the, the Emperor realizes, like, yes, it's not Darth Vader who's out there looking for revenge and doing this. It's Anakin. So Anakin mm-hmm. is still alive in there, and the Emperor is worried about that. And maybe that's where he, he's starting that path of saying, well, I'm going to have to find a new apprentice soon. Right. And, and that's when he tells Vader, too, he's like, you know, he kind of goads him into letting Obi-Wan go to, and to focus on the rebellion. So that does kind of neatly explain why Vader would just drop, I guess, the, the intensity of the hunt for Obi-Wan. It doesn't fully, though, explain why Obi-Wan once again lets Vader live. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is the ultimate man. If he hit him with a Darth at the end, too, it's like, well, I mean, hmm. Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, if you're there. Because it's now two episodes in a row now that he's had a mission that he has to go and kill. Now, I get it, yes. It's his best friend. He did not want to kill him the first time in Revenge of the Sith. And he probably didn't really want to kill him there. But both times he realizes this has to be done for the greater good of the galaxy and, you know, the saving of of more lives. But, yeah, he Mm -hmm. let him live because we, we all know now from Rogue One all the way through the Star Wars saga of what Vader does to a lot of people, you know? Yeah, So it's it's kind of strange he lets him go, but I guess you got to go with it and say, yeah, he couldn't bring himself to kill him. You know, he he maybe he still saw the humanity in Anakin and had to leave, but I got to stop myself there because no, he doesn't, because in Return of the Jedi, he tells Luke, nope, he's more machine now than man. He's, he yeah. can't be redeemed. Him there's nothing left. Yeah, and he, and he basically is telling Luke, hey, yeah, I didn't kill him twice, so you've got to go do it now. <laughs> right. Know? Which I, I I kind of feel like is kind of a cop-out, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, Ben, I mean, way it's to like, go. I let him go twice, but really, you should be the one that does yeah, this. Yeah, you're the chosen one, you're the new hope, so you you right. go ahead and kill him. Oh, and by the yeah. way, he's your father. <laughs> you yeah, know? no shit. So. Hey, when does Vader find out that Luke's his son? Okay, so this... Has that ever been established? No. So this this was changed up when the special editions came out. Mm-hmm. So in the originals, if you remember in Empire Strikes Back when they're chasing the Millennium Falcon through the asteroid field, uh, Admiral Piet comes up and tells oh, uh, Darth Vader that the Emperor's you know, trying to make contact, so he says, get the ship out of the asteroid field so we can send a clear transmission. Yeah. And that's where, in the original, you know, it's just automatically implied that the Emperor knows who it is, or, and that, uh, or that Vader already knows that uh, Luke is, you know, his son. Okay. Uh, and because he calls him the son of Skywalker and everything like that. Right, right, right. And then, when the special editions come out, they make it sound like the Emperor finds out somehow. Like, he, somehow through the Force or something, understands that Luke is his son, and he says, hey, Vader, you know, that person who destroyed the Death Star, that is the son of Skywalker, son of Anakin Skywalker, and Vader's like, well, how is that possible? You know, and he's like, search your feelings. Right. So it's it's muddy still. Like, nobody has clearly established 
how mm. the emperor finds out about it at least right yeah somehow yeah vader just vader just accepts that from the emperor and then goes on to tell luke on the fight in Bespin that, yeah, yeah, by the way, I'm your father. Right. <laughs> Based on no DNA test or no, no birth test, no nothing. Right. He's like, I guess, I heard. I mean, you know. Yeah. We'll it's, just it's, go with that. It's muddled, and <clears throat> I kind of wish they would, would bring that up somewhere. Maybe, maybe we're going to get some show that they're going to explain that somehow. Oh, we're definitely going to get a, a Luke and Leia, some you know type of spinoff, or at least we're going to get checked in with them as far as season two of Obi-Wan goes. Which, <laughs> given the... <clears throat> I, I get why they waited so long for this cameo, but, but it, it was still pretty cool to see the, the reappearance of Qui-Gon Jinn yes. in the last few seconds of the episode when he tells Obi-Wan basically like, you know, you had to reconnect with the Force in order to see me, asshole, and I'll, you know, let's go. <laughs> they were just gonna go retire in the desert together. All sassy, you know. Yes, yeah, super <laughs> sassy, right? Was that okay? I did. I thought, like, boy, he was really kind of reserved. In uh, in Phantom Menace, he's got a bit of two. This guy now. Yeah, well, he's immortal now, so he can be. But I mean, if you look yeah. back, look back at all the Force ghosts except really Obi Wan. You know, uh-huh. they're all kind of sassy. Like in uh, the Last Jedi, like. Oh, uh, Yoda, like yeah, Yoda's that's right. real sassy in that one. I mean, maybe yeah. When you become a Force ghost, you're just like. I'm letting everything loose now. Right, they're very zen. They're all just partying and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see him, though. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, he seemed a little older, you know, so they had to de-age <laughs> yeah. him a little bit. What? So speaking of this de-aging, what did you think of Hayden Christensen being kind of digitally de-aged, but still, for some reason, looking... Did they actually de-age him? I don't know. Like, I, they I don't had think to they did. Because he, he looks old, but... Yeah, no, it, like, even these episodes. He looks like he, you know, he's he's in his forties now. That's exactly the age he looked in episode four when we opened up with that, or episode five when we opened up with that uh, that flashback of young Kenobi and young Anakin on Coruscant, yeah, uh, lightsaber training. I, you know, if people on YouTube, just random people on YouTube, can take the the footage that Disney Plus puts out and redo <laughs> it, be like, here, here's how I did it in ten minutes on my Apple Mac laptop thing, if. If these people can do it, why can't Disney handle it? Like, remember when Luke, in the Mandalorian episode yes. finale, when Luke was there, and, you know, it was great to see him, but the up-close shots were, they were not great. And then within a the day, there was dozens on YouTube that looked a thousand times better. Yeah. Like, I, I think they should have hired one of those, one of those personalities to DH Christensen in this, because it, I... I get why they didn't touch him because, you know, what's really the point? It's probably just too it's too expensive. Who really gives a shit at the end? But it kind of took you out of the flashback aspect of it because Hayden Christensen is, you know, he's a proper of adult age now. He's not a kid. Yeah, like middle-aged. There, actually. Yeah, so I mean, but I, you know, it took me out of the scene a bit. I mean, I appreciated it, but yeah. It took me out of it. I, I agree. Yeah, it took me out of it too. It, was, it wasn't as what wasn't exactly what I wanted to see. And I'm guessing that maybe it was in his contract. He said, "Look, you can't really de-age me. I want myself in the movie. Maybe that's why they did it." But yeah, right. it it does take you out. But I I do appreciate the fact that you know they only use this this one little flashback really in this show, except for the you know the stuff that happens at the Jedi Temple. But the but the the actual flashbacks in this one, as opposed to Boba Fett, serve a purpose. Like, yeah, that's it, true. Like things that are happening in the past are actually in parallel with what's happening currently right. with Obi Wan. So I, I like that they were effectively using that. We didn't just have this whole 
episode like multiple episodes of flashbacks of hayden christensen walking around like yeah we're we're training we're still best buds obi-wan yeah right and they also too in that scene kind of hint that that maybe obi-wan was holding anakin back a bit like through the dialogue in that scene i i don't know if he was i think he was he was pointing out that anakin truly has weaknesses that yeah. can be exploited and and sure enough obi-wan exploits them and beat him again with once it. again the flashback <laughs> parallels with what's going on he he is able to outsmart you know his opponent because because the, the the apprentice did not learn the lesson that he was taught that day you know right. you can't it's it's not about killing your opponent and having no mercy you just have to beat them and he just he couldn't do that he couldn't live with that he's got to kill him he's got mm-hmm. to beat him down oh and there's another parallel too i saw people talk about online is that during that scene in that flashback, when he's just hammering Obi-Wan and throwing him off balance, mm-hmm. like he should have known how to avoid that move when Luke did it to him later on in Jedi. Oh, like yeah. That, that's supposed to like lend more credence to the fact that maybe he was kind of pulling his punches against Luke a bit. He could have been. But, I mean, at that, at that same time, though, we can't discount how powerful Luke had become by, by the time Return of the Jedi comes around. But he would, dude. He was nowhere like this. Vader today, man, dude. Well, yeah, whip Luke's ass like it. And it, by logic, I mean unless he just stopped using the Force altogether. But but maybe he did stop using the Force altogether, and he just got weak with it because all the Jedi were presumably dead. So maybe that's why he wasn't quite as powered up to what he was in or, this episode. Yeah, there was conflict within him, as they, as Luke loves to call yeah. out. You know, uh, you know, you don't want to destroy me. You couldn't destroy me then. You can't destroy me now. Right. You know, maybe that is really what it is. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he's just like, I'm not going to go as hard on you, but I have to, you know, I have to win you to my side, not to the Emperor's side. Right. You know, but I'm even not the difference back. in between Darth Vader's from the end of Rogue One and the start of A New Hope is striking. Yes, I mean once again, it's it's also a, you know because technology would not permit you to do everything <laughs> you could do, you know, in the 21st century that you could do in 1977. Yeah, I mean because I've heard that argument too, where people say, yeah, I watched Rogue One, I watched how Vader just goes through and slices through all these in, like rebel soldiers. And yep. then when he finally catches up with Leia, you know, he lets the stormtroopers go in and he just like walks behind like, yeah, I'm not fighting. Right. It's like he's bored. He wants to take a nap. He's done with it. He's yeah. like, oh, fuck it. But I, I, I go with the philosophy of like, if I was like the most powerful like that, yeah, I don't need to waste my time going in there. You know, it's, right. it's just when, like I, I say, like what happened in Rogue One was, you know, the plans were actually being stolen so I'm sure the Emperor got on the comm and said, you know what, you better get your ass over there right now to fucking stop them because, you know, if they get this shit, we're really in some deep shit. So yeah. he had to go there single-handedly and not not let some incompetent stormtroopers go finish the job. He had to like, yep, yeah, I've got to actually pull my lightsaber out and I got to go fucking slice some people up. Hmm. Yeah, that works. That's what I give the movie. It doesn't tell me that, but I give it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Again, we shouldn't have to be the ones filling this gap. Correct. But, you know, what are yes. you going to do? Storytelling, you know, if you're... This is the problem with trying to retcon things and try to make prequels is you've got to really do a lot of explaining why certain things happen in the older episodes that you're yeah. making now. You know, you can't just assume. It's like, well, yeah, we'll just give it this mulligan. Line. 
Do you think they actually do a second season? Because as far as you McGregor's talking, like too, he says he's down for it. Like he'd like to do it once every once in a while. He said basically. Yeah, I've heard that like many of the people in the cast would want to do it because yeah, it is successful. Well, obviously, but I mean, work, what do you? But... What could they possibly do with the story? Like I don't know. I, I what I what I would be afraid of is they're just going to destroy the whole story arc itself. Like I I don't go with the idea that Obi-Wan is this adventurer who, you know, who we understood he had to go into hiding to protect himself like all the yep. other Jedi and then all of a sudden he's just out there swinging his lightsaber going on adventures. I just I don't buy it. Yeah, it not would, very stealthy. <laughs> yeah, it would, it really would destroy the continuity of Star Wars, I think. You know, not not detrimentally, but I mean it would just kind of like ruin it for you know, people, especially people my age who grew up with Star Wars, you know, we, we saw these movies in theaters. We, you know, we grew up with the toys and everything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't want them to completely shit on everything else. I can appreciate filling in some blanks and telling some one-off stories. Fine, I get that. I, right. I'm, I'm even better with the idea of expanding the universe. Tell a story of Ahsoka, you know, the story that's outside the Skywalkers. I mean, anything. But, you know, it's... You, I don't know. I, I I hope they don't do another season. I want them. I want this to be a self-contained story. It was good. Yep. It was entertaining as a self-contained story, and that's where they should leave it. And then just do something new now. Come up with something different. Well, uh, has it been confirmed? Is Hayden going to appear in Ahsoka as Darth Vader? I don't know. I haven't. Or read is that anything just rumor at this point? Have you seen something? I don't. I don't think I've seen anything official yet. Well, they are. I mean, they're doing their damnedest to make sure everything is tied into the Clone Wars series. Right. I mean, they, they had to bring back the Grand Inquisitor, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But then they then you have Oh, to... shit, no. I, apparently it's official. According to Hollywood Reporter a few months ago, he is indeed going to be in Ahsoka. Uh, so, so it's actually actual canon then that uh, she was his apprentice? Yeah, like the, the, the you know Rebels and Clone Wars, that's all canon. Okay. The animated stuff is all canon. God, I boy, I said this last week. I like I do not want to have to go back and watch all those. There things. are three hundred plus episodes and uh, oh. a movie. But I think if you just want to stick to like the Ahsoka highlights, there's a couple of good lists on there where it's down to a few episodes that really get into like the cooler parts of the force they're able to explore and throughout the series. So are these episodes like actual like thirty minute long or are they like twenty, twenty two minute long? Like twenty two. Okay. So they had commercials originally and all that kind yeah. of stuff? I guess I could probably watch. I don't. I don't know. That's a, that's a big commitment. Man, <laughs> that's just like oh. I think if anything, as hmm. as much as I'm curious to hear your opinion about this, if you're gonna watch anything that's quote unquote kids shows uh, wise on Disney Plus, I would highly recommend that you check out Miss Marvel. Uh, I, I will say, uh, yeah. so far, yeah, we're three episodes in. It is the best-paced Marvel series. Oh my god! I'm not bullshitting, man. Really? Like, there's mean, even there's no downtime. It, it, it's engaging. It moves the story along at a clip. Like they, you know, they they've made some pretty intriguing updates to her her backstory. It just there's it seems to be too. Like I don't know if I'm the only one noticing this or not, but there's some threads being laid major threads being laid for overall the overall arc of the mcu well of course they are everything matters now it's a fun series too man it's got a lot of heart it's i was ready look i 
I, I was going to fully check it out because I, I read the first, like, you know, 12 or 15, what, what, however many uh, issues her first uh, run was in that trade. Uh, and I really enjoyed the comic. So I was going to check out the series no matter what. But I'm really glad that I did because it they really seem to have figured it out. Like, whatever formula that they have not been able to perfect just yet as far as the pacing of a lot of Marvel shows go to where, it, you know, especially the, the Netflix ones really suffered from this a lot, was just bad pacing. It, they had a 10-episode bloat to there was just, it was too many episodes, they had to fill in a lot of shit, and it just, it didn't make any sense. Whatever team is behind this series from Miss Marvel has it figured out. Hmm. So, I mean, first off, my first question is, is it like a Disney show? Is it something I would consider really Disney-fied and just... It's not as Disney-fied as the, the, the first Spider-Man uh, was with Tom Holland. Like okay. it's, it's not as it's not as kid. Obviously, you know it's it's high school kids getting ready to go to college and things like that. But it's about like you know again like the next generation of heroes coming in. It's it's an entertaining show, man. That's it what really I'm afraid is. of, though. Like it's I, a lot of fun. I really have no interest in seeing something like the Young Avengers. I just I have no interest in it. Right. It doesn't appeal to me. It feels it feels like yet yeah, we finally crossed over fully into Disney once they go that route, which obviously they're doing right they're 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 setting the stage for all those characters eventually yeah i think phase five will really be like the young avengers kind of stepping up a bit but you know you we're still like 10 years away from that at least okay thank god <laughs> so, we got plenty of time this is all just just future groundwork but it's I, I watch the first watch the first episode and tell me if that's enough for you to keep going and if you do get through like more than one episode just pay really pay attention to the pacing like it's they have it figured out well, they absolutely have it figured out in this show. I can tell you I will watch it because I, I everything matters in the MCU right now. So it does. You, you've got to watch the TV shows to understand the movies. So I've, I've got to watch it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's entertaining to watch. I really enjoy it. Okay. I'll take you word for it. I'm going to watch it. So I just I just have not worked up the, the, the gumption to actually start it, right? It's, mean, it's, got, just, it's got a lot of heart, man. It's really funny. Like, the you know, uh, the characters are, are well-written so far. It's, you know, in the... As far as the actual superhero type of stuff, like, it, it's very much an origin story. Like, you're gonna get, like, a Tobey Maguire kind of feel to it where Spider-Man figuring out her steps. Like, that's what, you know, Kamala's journey is right now, is, like, she's trying to figure out, like, you know, everything is as far as being a hero goes. But it's pretty fucking entertaining well i'll give it a ride i mean I'm, i have to so i mean i mean obi-wan's over now like what the hell are you gonna watch exactly exactly until you know, <laughs> god forbid season two but. until you know, until yeah or until you start watching the boys that that's, one that's uh, true I, I need to start that uh dude, if, it's, if it's anything like invincible i know i will love it <laughs> so. the first the first episode of this third season just came out a couple weeks ago and there there's a sequence in that this series, they don't pull their punches at all as far as just shock value goes. And there's a moment in this new season that has topped anything yet. And as far as what I understand, the, the episode coming out this week is going to cover a very, very wild run in the comics. Uh, that's only going to top what I've seen so far. And I don't know how that's possible because the moments I've seen <laughs> this season alone... I am fucking floored by, man. And you don't watch the show, so like, I can't do it. Like, do you just see, like, I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> for you because there's, there's so many times where I've just wanted, like, Brian, holy shit. And it's just, 
I, I know the exact beats where you're gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm watching this, and like, sure shit, like, you know, like they're not gonna do that, and then yeah, they do that very thing, or they do it way worse than what you think they're gonna do it, and it's just, I don't know how the fuck they get away with it, wow. but man, it is, it's fucking wild. I mean, you got you got me when you when you said, hey, if you really liked Invincible. This is this is going to be a show for you. So yes, I I will start that series. The, the villain of this show is so terrifyingly watchable. It's like if you take Heisenberg at his most Heisenbergist and dropped him into <laughs> Superman, dude. But then basically had his mother ignore him for like forty years. It's he's Oof. wildly just oh my god. He's so terrifying. But Jesus, it's watchable as fuck. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you piqued my curiosity on this one. I, I will certainly watch all of those. They're on their third season right now, so I guarantee if you start, you're gonna not like the chore that Dexter turned out to be for you, sure, but you're thoroughly gonna enjoy what you see in this show. Like, th- there's a lot of moments where it's like, oh god, it gets heavy. Where it's like, oh shit, like this is that's fucking dark. But it's all the themes they weave into the stories and like the way that the arcs they do for their characters is just goddamn. It's really well done. Yeah, I mean, if it's survived three seasons, I mean, it's got to be decent. It's On Amazon, even. You yeah, yeah, that. right? They don't really shit. <laughs> they do have some of the shittiest, you know, self-produced crap out there. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, it's all like, you know, former YouTubers now. Like, hey, I'm on Amazon. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah join the you. club. <laughs> right, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. Chuck Norris is not Amazon, too, asshole. It's out of brag. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like Amazon is like the Canon channel, right? They they carry all the garbage. Yeah, but you laugh, man. But more and more, I don't know if I'm just noticing it more or they're just be they're becoming more available. But I'm seeing these fucking names of Canon movies on every fucking service I look at now. Yeah, they are popping up everywhere. Has it always been that way? And I'm only now noticing. Yes, because Jesus. they're cheaply made movies that were just distributed to anybody who will buy oh, and license this shit. Fuck. And it's so much garbage out there. Like half the movies you probably didn't even know were canon until you start like started doing some research on that studio and said, Oh god, they did that? Right. Wow, that's like too? oh shit, they did that. It's like, oh yeah, that explains Masters yeah. of the Universe. I can guarantee if you see anything on a streaming service that's a ninja or anything about ninja, Canon was yeah. involved. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. so, it's... <laughs> Enter the ninja, American ninja, like one through five, fucking all the blood sports. Yeah, anything with Michael Dudikoff. Charles Bronson yeah. or Chuck Norris, man. I mean, they're... missing in action one through nine. Yeah, <laughs> Death Witch one through nine. Right, it's just garbage. They had some of Van Damme's earlier ones too, didn't they? They did. They did Bloodsport, and uh, I think they did. did. They do Kickboxer. I'm pretty sure they did Kickboxer, but I, I yeah. don't remember for sure. Did they? Okay, did they have all the Superman movies, or was it just the Quest for Peace? Just Superman four, because they—that's one thing they spent like five million dollars to get the rights rights for. <laughs> Wow, dude. The okay. Salkins, yeah, story, real quick story behind that is the Salkins didn't want to uh, spend any more money on Superman after Superman 3 pretty much flopped at the theaters. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to do this one. So they just sold it off and Canon was like, oh, we'll buy it. We can make a buttload off of this. You know, trying to be legitimate. But yeah, good luck. Everything they made on that, uh, on that picture probably went directly into Stallone's pocket for over the top. 
<laughs> yeah, might have. Well, well, it was at the time when they were also facing a lot of bankruptcy. I mean, we can probably get into this story much more when we get into our canon oeuvre. I had no <laughs> idea that that's how they got the rights to this. I, I'm, I'm dying to watch this movie now. We have to try to find the quest for peace. Oh, God, it's a rough, man. I don't think that I can one, watch that That one vaulted right up to the top of the list after hearing that. It's like, oh, shit, really? Oh, that movie is awful. Ooh. Is the, okay, that counts as a DC movie, right? That's, so that might be on HBO already. Maybe does it? It, it is. I mean, it's a DC Let's property, yes, things. but I don't think DC owns the rights to that movie. I that's a good question. I don't know. Well, I mean, considering what a mess the fucking DCEU is in now, like you know, it, that might be the last Superman movie we're gonna see. Oh shit! It is definitely on HBO. Oh god, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, is Superman three on there too? It looks like all of all the Christopher Reeve ones are out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Do we gotta watch those? I'll watch Superman okay. one and two, but I mean, boy, I'll, I'll watch them alone. But I think just in order to keep with the canon, with the canon canon, we should uh, maybe just do Quest for Peace. Well, it is it is certainly worth watching, like the the first Superman the movie, the Richard Donner version, and yeah. then and then watch Superman four and just oh, see how geez. far the the property fell. All right, you know what? There. I am I'm completely okay with that. That's that a, that's a challenge works. for you. Yeah, because <laughs> you'll be like, Ooh, my God, like, dude, how is... is it a movie in nineteen? I think nineteen seventy eight when the Superman came out. How could yeah. I like when I watched that? And I I truly believe that a man could fly, mm-hmm. and then Superman four comes out in like eighty seven, and you're like, yeah, that guy's clearly on wires or on a in front of a green screen. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't. Well, we can we can watch Superman four and let's we can discuss it because there's a, there's a lot of backstory to talk about that movie too, a lot of crazy shit. Oh, I am I'm at, I'm the edge of my seat right now. I'm dying to know more about this. <laughs> I'm more curious to see how far you get into it before you say what am I doing? Because <laughs> it's bad. How it can't be worse than than some of the especially some of the movies we've watched this year. It cannot be the worst movie we've watched this year. Oh. I refuse to believe that. I. I want to agree with you, man, but I'm having a hard time. It, you it really must think be, it's that bad? It, have you ever seen it? I have, but probably not since 1988. Okay, I, <laughs> yes. I think you have some, like when you saw it, you were a child, and you were like, yeah. oh, this is pretty cool. Because it was Superman, and I didn't really, you know, yes. my brain was still You have to watch this now with adult eyes. Oh, boy. And like I said, that's why you need to watch Superman the Motion Picture, and you're going to be like, oh, I love this movie. This is great. <laughs> And watch that, and you are going to be blown away just at the night and day of those things. It looks like they got the, like the whole cast back and all that. Yeah, <laughs> Some of them. I mean, it was it was basically written uh, by Christopher Reeve, so it was his his pet project. Oh no, shit! Yeah, he brought the whole nuclear war, you know. Oh, his idea. Yep, nuclear was, Man was his idea. Not Nuclear Man, but uh, the idea oh. of, of uh, Superman taking on nuclear weapons. Oh, so that whole and story is all and his. That somehow ended up with Nuclear Man. Yeah, that's how they got him to come back to the movie. Was oh, to do the movie God was like, yeah, we'll give you some creative control here and let mm-hmm. you let you tell the story. Oh, <laughs> lots to talk about. Jesus. Yes, we will. Let's let's do that. We'll watch that uh, and we'll talk about it on the show because there's a lot to talk about on that movie. So much to talk about. I was about. really prepared to go super. I was thinking like something with like Chuck Norris or whatever, but no, this sounds delightful. You, just, you want to start with really the big excited. boys first, huh? Like Invasion USA, like something super bad, but no, this Quest for Peace is 
that's uh, you know to the top of the list. Yeah, let me tell you, I Quick will watch shit. Invasion USA like ten times over before I watch Superman Four again. Really? <laughs> oh man, because it's so it's just so it much. It can't be that bad. Oh, oh man. Awful. Okay. It's now, awful. Now my like seriously like my elbows are sweating now. It's like shit. What did I get myself into? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, it might not be pandemic right. bad, but it's bad. How long of a movie? What's the runtime? 90 minutes. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, it's felt, but... It's... I've watched Seagal sweat his way through action movies for fucking longer than that. I just, what I need you to do is actually just get a, a notepad out and just start writing all your notes <laughs> as you're doing as all the bullshit you see. And you're like, oh my God, what is this? Oh my God, jeez. Yeah, yeah. have to buy some, some new pens, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do a lot of writing. Was this the one that had the, the, like the Jake Busey kind of knockoff guy that was... His that was Lionel Lang's husband, or is that part three? That's part three. That's part three. Part okay. three is is like as stupid as that is. That's vastly superior to four. Fuck. Okay, <laughs> I remember really not liking that one. Yeah, yeah. Superman three much better, and that's yeah. Oh that's not man. Great. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. Is it too late to watch Masters of the Universe? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You called it already, so. <laughs> oh, I mean, we, shit. We're gonna watch that one anyway at some point. It's, I know. It's on the list too. It's just. <laughs> I saw the poster. It's nothing but hairspray and like studded leather. They look like demolition from the WWF. Oh God! <laughs> oh, not looking forward to that either. I know, man. Like I was thinking the other day, like just you know, from watching so many new good movies, like I really wanted to get something terrible. And I texted you about it. I wanted to see if you wanted to talk about it. And this one hit a really particular note for me because it's. 1990s Total Recall starring Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and it being directed by Paul Verhoeven who did Robocop and just uh, Starship Troopers I mean y- y- you get the idea Hollow Man like, you get the idea like the kind of movies you get into with this guy and it being made in 1990 it was very much a 90s action movie but because of when it was made it still has like a real 80s feel to it so it satisfies a lot of really weird boxes <laughs> For me, as far as like the levels of terrible, it can hit at any given moment. Oh, it's it's great! Like the moment you texted me that, and I was like, "Yes!" I was like, "Verhoven, anything Verhoven, maybe Sans uh, Showgirls." Like, yeah. I will talk Verhoven. I love his work. He is just like he's he's what I think. Uh, you know, Rob Zombie wants to be. He wants to be real violent and gory, but he does. He takes it to the nth degree. Where Verhoeven yeah. does it artistically, and also like he's got his tongue in his cheek when he's doing it, which I just love his his directing style. So yeah, the moment you said that, I was like, uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so good. I mean, it's a. And it cr- made a boatload of, of money too. Oh, this man. one on, on a budget that you know di- didn't look to exceed eighty million. It made two hundred sixty million back in nineteen ninety. That is buckets of money. I mean, that's that's Schwarzenegger in his prime still. I mean, he was still a yeah. box office draw then. You know, I mean, hell in this movie, you see, he still got the giant guns and everything. What year? Like that was the, like right like at the towards the. I guess the, the the beginning of his long run, right in Hollywood, was that kind of towards the end? Yeah, yeah, he was starting to kind of. He was like in the middle of his career because because he started, you know, in the early '80s uh, with Commando and I mean some other movies out there, The Terminator, of course. And then yeah. it was around 1990. So this the, he was still riding very high. Just he had just done Twins, so he he'd broken away from oh, action yeah. and got Twins, into some Kindergarten comedy. Cop. Yeah, and, but and it was just before coming. this, so he made this one, and then he had his mega, you know, hit Terminator Two, yeah, uh, in '91, 
So I mean, he and then was, after that it was just what True Lies. Yeah, and then True Lies, and then after slow... that it was it was the slow down because action yeah. films had really run their course by that time. People were not so enthused about you know seeing Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Van Damme and you know all those other assholes that you know are making right. these action films. You know, but they're still making movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and well, they should be. They're they're still icons. Yeah, but I mean that's why everybody loves the Expendables. Oh, I, I hate that show. I don't want to watch that. It's not for me. I don't want to me. watch that either. But Total Recall, yes, yeah. I, I still love this movie to this day. I mean, this is so much fun. Special effects just blow me away. I love it. For those unaware, the, the movie, uh, it's based on a short story, right? About, yeah, by uh, Phil K. Dick. Thank you. But that's an old story too, right? Like, well, old, like it's in the yeah. 60s. I mean, it, it's definitely a, and it, and this movie certainly takes liberties with it because it's just yeah, it's based on the story because there's a right. lot of lot of little things in there that are different in this one. Right, but, it, but the, it's based on the, the overall premise. story is that there's a there's a miner on Earth or a construction worker on Earth. He's having dreams and memories about Mars or dreams about Mars. So he goes to instead of going on vacation to Mars, he goes to a, a memory implant place, which seems like a terrifying but inevitable idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to where he's going to have memories implanted to where he can, you know, feel like he's been to Mars and move on with his life. And then, you know, twists and turns. It, it It's left somewhat open. It's supposed to be left somewhat open to interpretation, I guess, the plot of the movie, whether or not this is all in this guy's head or not. But as it turns out, uh, someone has actually erased his memory and he has to go on a James Bond like a romp through the through the galaxy from Earth to Mars to try to solve it and along the way he runs into the usual twists and turns and aliens and bad guys and double crosses and triple crosses that you'd expect from uh, a movie of this ilk but overall I think as it stands it's still it doesn't feel less as good as what I remembered it going back and revisiting it today because it's been quite a while since I'd seen it but I still I really enjoyed it I think as much today as the last time I'd seen it and it's been years oh I love this movie like I I, this is one of my favorite Stallone movies Um, it's probably because he's working with Verhoeven um, he, he didn't get his shot to... Uh, this is Arnold's know. first movie with him, right? Yeah, or he, only, only movie with he, him, right? His one chance to really work with him before that was supposed to be Robocop, but, you know, that didn't work out. Was Schwarzenegger supposed to be in Robocop? Yeah, he was supposed to... He was the, he was the one that they wanted originally to Get the to fuck the out! Suit. For Peter Weller's role? Yep. Yeah, he really? was supposed to be, yeah. But, yeah. Wow. Uh, history worked out a different way, and Robocop was a great movie, too, so... That would have really changed the movie It would have, yes. Yeah, it just wouldn't be the same kind of feel to no, it, would it? Uh, not at all. Wow. But, yeah, this movie is just a lot of fun, though, because, yeah, it it does what it's supposed to do, like we were hoping wanted. He wanted this movie to play like a mystery. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to make up the decision... You're going to make it up in your mind is, like, the same as, you know, Hauser is... Is, is everything that's happening to him in his mind or is it actually his real life, but he's just, you know, he was a victim here and he's got to fight it's his way through it. Yeah, because there are things like when he initially goes to the place recall to have the memory inserted, as they're asking him about what kind of package he wants, there's little kind of breadcrumbs that yep. references are making here or there that actually show up later on throughout the movie, like the, the, how they they nailed like the the program version of the lady he was dreaming about who's actually real in real life looks just like her yep. uh blue, blue, sky, blue and sky mars, mars. And artifacts like you know a double agent like everything that he's actually paying to have done to his brain you know might actually be happening to him in in you know IRL so it's 
it's it's a very interesting idea, I think, on its own. I love it. I mean, it's yeah. like I, I mean, I just let's let's get right to it. Yeah, where do you fall on that? Is it is it in his mind or is it really happening to him? I, I kind of go back and forth. I think it depends on the mood I'm in at the at the time. But I think to me, it, it ultimately happened. I don't think there's any way like this is in his mind. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I I go down the opposite. I think this is in his mind. Do it's, you? Yeah, because it like it just perfectly sets it up. He goes to sleep. And all of a sudden, like everything is happening in that world now, and all of a right. sudden he is Arnold, the superhero. You know, right. like everything he does, he 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 gets through every scenario that he needs to do to get on to the next step. So I believe, yes, it is happening in his head, and it's like you said, though, it's because they drop all those little hints too at the at the start. You know, everything that he wants is being you know basically programmed into the computer, right. and they're putting that in there. But all of a sudden he his mind can't accept it so he he's kind of trapped in that chair maybe forever you know we we never know at the end of it because so even does if he, he just end up lobotomized in the back yeah, of the cab because at the basically. end of the movie that they they leave you with that cliffhanger they're like where uh the one lady is saying it's like god i just had a terrible thought what if this is all a dream and he's and uh you know, and he, and he said, well, if it is a dream, I don't ever want to wake up, you know. Or yeah, she says, like kiss that. me quick before you wake up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. just like, it, it tells me that, yes, this is. Like, it is a dream. But, but he dreamed about her exactly before. Well, we assume he, that's or the Or is that, a, is that part of the dream, is that he wakes up in, like, going to recall is part of the dream? Is part of the recall package? No, see, I still think the dream, the, the dream actually starts when he goes to recall. Like, everything's there. Okay. You never, you never actually get to see who he dreams about, right? We, we just we just assume that, yes, this girl on Mars that he's no, dreaming about. No, they show about. her face full well. Oh, that's right, they do. Well, okay, okay, okay. Like, that's when they have that first, when he's having that nightmare about the, the helmet cracking, and all of a sudden they explode. Well, the, it also the, the lands, really it leads, it, uh, it lands credence to the fact that it, he's still in the dream, though. Because if he did have a dream about a person, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes under and... Boom, that's the person he would associate there. Maybe I don't know. I, I just I firmly believe that yes, he is in a dream throughout the majority of this movie. Yeah, but I love it. I mean, it's it's so great. Like the movie, just like once he gets to recall, you know, and they set up all the little uh, you know the stories uh, of this uh, movie. Once he gets to recall, man, this movie doesn't stop. It's so much and, fun to watch. And that's in like the first twelve minutes. Like, there's not, there's no downtime to this movie whatsoever. Like, as soon as it starts, you're off to the fucking races, basically. Yeah, you're, you're, you're like the first twelve minutes when they're setting up the movie, and it's like the slowest part of the film. Uh, you know, you're blown yeah. away though by all the cool special effects that were introduced yeah. back in 1990. I remember seeing that for the first time and thinking, "This is amazing." I mean, all the special effects they had in this thing—it was just practical effects that were just amazing to look at it was great yeah like the johnny cab car like him pulling that that uh, homing beacon out of his nose out of his nose dude that scene yeah that's still pretty cool to see like compare that to just you know four or six years earlier when they did the terminator and the terminator's cutting out his eyeball you know right. how, how just completely fake it everything looks i mean granted yeah. yes but in this total recall it still looks fake but it looks better the way they're doing it 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 mm-hmm. they've improved that much more for for being a very practical effect it was just great yeah it was practical as shit man like it was all very 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 well done and too like i forgot rewatch this movie I, you forget about dean norris being in this fucker yes old hank god yeah he from was Breaking wasn't bad. 
He was, yeah. He was uh, Tony. Yeah, the, uh, the guy with the, the stuff. The Martian, the yeah. Face the yeah, dude, he was throwing high kicks and shit, kicking guns out of the way. I was like, holy shit. I still we love the, the, the one-liner. Is like, you got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look yeah. who's talking. As soon as I heard the voice, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I wow. completely forgot he was in that movie. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but other than that, too, like, it was a pretty, I guess... A pretty '90s like cast, like as far as if you see Ronnie Cox and anything, it's like, well, he's definitely gonna be a villain. Oh and yeah, obviously the villain. It's like, holy shit! It's like we have doubles '80s, '90s villains in this movie. Yep, I mean, it's like, yeah, Ronnie Cox is a Paul Verhoeven veteran, so he he knows how Oh, that's how right. That he works. was uh, Dick Jones, he right? Was Dick in, Jones. Uh, yep. Yeah, in the, RoboCop, the ultimate bad in RoboCop. So right, and this was the first movie too I ever saw uh, Sharon Stone in. Really. This? I know she had done movies before, but like you know, I was, you know, yeah, I wasn't really, so, <laughs> really watching those movies. But yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen her in. Yeah, I've seen her in other movies, yeah. and uh, yeah, she also she would go on to work with Vera Oven more uh, in the future. Uh, but like oh, I that's remember, right? Yeah, I remember seeing her in uh, uh, as we were talking about canon earlier, King Solomon's Mines and uh, Alan Quartermain, Holy shit. Quartermain and Lost City of do- Gold. She did some Canon Group movies too. Yeah, yeah, that's where she got oh, her start. Oh boy, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, were so, they Chuck Norris movies? No, uh, uh, Richard Chamberlain. Get out. Yep. So, like I said, you, if you haven't, you've never seen King Solomon's Mines. Uh, no, I have oh, not. Oh wow, maybe we should start there. Oh boy, let's let's come back to that. Okay, let's, yeah. Let's continue I'm, I'm Total Recall a, here, I'm but yes, we're coming back to yeah. that. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Sharon Stone, like she is good in this movie though, because she she's like a, a full on kick ass woman in this movie, man. Like, I remember that's one thing I really liked about this is that both the female leads of this movie they are the biggest badasses in it. Like, yes, w- without hesitation, they're both fucking throwing kicks, punches, shooting shit, just mowing people down. They kick so much ass in this movie, dude. One it's of the best ridiculous. fights is is the fight between the two ladies. <laughs> it's them too, yeah. Man, I mean, they're just like I mean, you. I felt like they were really kicking each other when they were doing this. Like, like I'm the badass on stage here, so I'm not. Like they're definitely fucking each other up, man. I tell you that. I remember it's there was a like a scene. short interview, like when this movie first came out. Like Sharon Stone was talking though what it was like to work with uh, Schwarzenegger and like you know have the the fighting with him and stuff. And she said like every time she would do those kicks and stuff, it was mm-hmm. like hitting a brick wall. Like <laughs> like she would be like have bruised arms and stuff like that because the dude is just so massive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, good. And then you know we we do get to see uh, Michael Ironside show up in this thing. Yeah. I love him in this He's role a- too. I always, I always enjoy it when I see him. You know what I mean? Because you know what you're getting with him is like he's gonna be gruff. I know that. Like he has played, I guess, good guys, but maybe once or twice that I can recall seeing yeah. him. Like Top basically, Gun. like the other ninety thousand uh, times I've seen him in a movie or TV show, he's been a villain. Yeah, I mean every time, but but that's what he's good at. Yeah, like I, said, I think we talked about it last week when we were talking about next Karate Kid or something. You know, that's 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 what you expect of him is that type of role. But yeah, every right. once in a while, yeah, Top Gun, something else, he'll he'll show up where he's he's still a good guy and he can he can be good. Starship Troopers, right? Yeah, Verhoeven and again. nobody too. He had, he had a brief uh, he had that small role in Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. He was the the owner of the factory he ended up buying. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Golly, yeah, interesting. Still kicking around the old. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I want to see. <laughs> see the people uh-huh. I like. Yeah. Yeah, this it was a lot of fun, and it added just a shade under two hours too. I mean, it 
they really nailed it with this one. Like, there's there's very few things you could sit as a as a critic and seriously seriously pick apart. No, this like, movie moves. Like, you're not yeah. like. <laughs> I'm trying to think about maybe a place where, you know, we're, we're in the second act and, you know, things slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he's like in the whorehouse and he's talk, you know, getting some backstory or something and they're walking through the catacombs. But even then, like they like you get a little that slow was three bit. minutes. That was literally a three minute scene. Yeah. There was then, no time spent on that. Boom. You're right into another action scene. Where, I know. Where people are shooting up the shooting up the world. You know, it's just mm-hmm. great. And even as they're walking through the catacombs, though, because they're actually walking forward, technically they're still propelling the story. Correct, like yes. That old, that old thing, you know, the show walking forward. And, and it is, it is, yes, moving the plot forward because they are explaining the fact that, yeah, this is a catacomb <laughs> of people who, you know, first colonized this planet and were buried mm-hmm. down here, the first mutants. You know, because yeah. it does stick with the themes of the movie, too. The themes are very, very thick. It's, you know, it's, it's a very large commentary <laughs> on big business and capitalism mm-hmm. itself, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's parallels to, you know, the way that Cohagen would control the air. There's parallels to, like, if you look back at, like, Flint, Michigan, where, you know, corporations who control water supplies and stuff and just dump shit mm-hmm. into it. You know, yeah. it, it's, it, so it has those parallels to it. So it, it, it's all within those themes. So overall, I think this, this movie is very well directed, too. It just... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was edited well because it's, it, it, the pacing just keeps going. And like I said, and then you just get the crazy over-the-top violence that is a Verhoeven film. I just... I can't get enough of that. <laughs> I love, I mean, still to this day, one of the best scenes or the best thing, uh, best uh, one liners of this movie is when Schwarzenegger and Ironside are fighting it out in the elevator and then Ironside falls off the side and then his arms get chopped off. And you know, the best one liner is like, see at the party, Richter just, I know, right. Throws him those arms. It's just so great. Yeah. Especially after after he punches him and says, "See you at the party." <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I guess as a kid, I always I, I forgot how much I would smile by seeing like from the very start of the movie, the seeing that TriStar's picture logo, like that flying, yes. like the winged horse. Do like do how many how many do. movies I watched in that do studio, do like do. growing up, like in the eighties and nineties. The, the list is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, so staggering this, how many movies I watch from this production studio. Yeah, so this staggering. is actually a uh, yeah, TriStars with it, and uh, it's Corolico. Um, mm. So if you're not familiar with Corolico, I mean, that's that's all the Rambo movies. I mean, yep. pretty much every movie that you probably like, uh, many of them are on the Corolico list. If you haven't ever gone back and looked, I mean, so many movies that were they were like they were like the the next level up from canon. They did a lot of like Thank different movies, you. but they were yeah. they were not as as schlocky i guess you know it's a good for, just, or if they were schlocky i guess they were they hit the right amount of schlock yeah because they did like they did like iron man 2 but they had movies like you know cliffhanger they did terminator 2 uh-huh. uh, red heat they live yeah, iron eagle they live yes shocker but that's pretty <laughs> terrible uh, it it has some moments is that the west craven one Yes. It, it, yeah. Yeah. No. It, for me, it does not have any moments. That movie's awful. <laughs> there's, there's one or two good things. In you there. can't. You can't really talk me out of that one. That one's. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fair. It is talk shit. All right. I was, yeah. I was trying to defend it. Yeah. No. You're right. Because if I remember correctly, I remember you were saying, "Hey, we should watch that," and you started watching <laughs> it and then turned it off after about 20 minutes. Yeah, I remember that as we were talking. About it, I was like, "Oh shit, that's right. I couldn't get through it." No, yes. Yeah. That was talk shit. It is awful. Yeah. It's, uh, it really like that's one of those movies like we were talking about like, through an adult lens. It's like, ugh, yeah, it's not quite as good as you remember it. Yeah, 
But, however, you know, this is one that does. Because I saw this when I was in middle school. This is the first time I saw it. I was just starting middle school. And, god damn. I absolutely love this movie. Like, it still holds up today. Like, I would, like I said, when we started this and you said, hey, let's watch this. I was like, try to keep me from watching this thing. Because it's so good. It, I highly recommend that anybody, if you haven't seen this movie. Or if you've only seen, like, the, the new one in 2012 when that one came out. The go back and, one. Yeah, go back and watch Ooh. this one. This one is so much fun. The special effects, they're like all practical. The the mutants, the the Quato puppet, I absolutely love the Quato puppet. It's great. That, that bothered that it kind of scared me as a kid. I'm not oh, gonna lie. Yeah. It freaked me the fuck out. I yeah, it was, was it really felt, bothered by that. It felt yeah. very like Cronenberg, like, you know, this yes. this body dysmorphia of uh, this mutation of your body and like that uh-huh. body horror. Yeah, it was yeah. very much in that in that realm. Yeah, he's he's just he brings Brundle flying out of himself. Yes. I was like, oh shit, that's enough of that. Yeah, that oh. scared me to death. Yeah, boy, but man, <laughs> so good. Yeah, but that movie ends with yeah them getting to the alien technology, turns it on, and like for some reason, like there are there's all these glaciers that have just glacierized like underground glaciers on Mars. Yeah, like why wouldn't? Okay, I guess that's a fair question. Why wouldn't the aliens who built it have, have terraformed it themselves and put all the oxygen on the planet? Like if that was their intent. Hence the reason why I believe he's ah, in the dream is, look, is okay. you know, you that's go. because it, it had to happen in his dream mm. to make the blue sky on Mars. Shit. So, yes, because, yeah, it is it would be a very odd plot hole to say, yeah, they have this technology. <laughs> they built this machine. Right. And they just never turned it on. Never because, turned it on. Which they try to explain in the movie is like, oh, yeah, they, they would say it would, you know, the, the whole planet would melt down and, you know, they, they couldn't risk it. So if you but want so, to go, but with they that, didn't figure that out until after they got done building the fucking thing. Exactly. You know, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, you're, yep. Not, you, you, you're pulling it. I'm seeing it now. Seeing it so there. yeah, there's a lot of little things like that that would tell you, yep, this is this is why it's in a dream. But like right. I said, it's done well enough by Verhoeven that you can make an argument either way. And For say sure. That this Up is until just a couple minutes ago, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not supposed to be obvious to you that it's it's mm. one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. Huh. I almost want to go back and watch it again now. Just oh, it's worth it. I mean, yeah, just, just to like catch some little things you may have missed. Yeah. Absolutely. I still, I really enjoy that two weeks scene. Like that part, like it's. <laughs> two weeks. Like the, the makeup effect in that part, like it, it's because they literally pull a mask off of another mask because they, they couldn't have, have it be Schwarzenegger's yep. head for some reason. I don't know. Well, it, so like it's, that, it's too conforming to the skin. I mean, like the, oh, the, the yeah. neck neck would never fit around his neck. Yeah, he does have that beefy-ass neck. Yep. But like when he just appears like out of that disguise, like it, I remember thinking that was exceedingly cool yeah. as, a, like, as a child. Like I remember, like I said, when I first saw this, I was blown away by the special effects. I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen up until yeah. the point when I saw Terminator 2 because that was the next generation of, of like digital special effects. But I, yeah. I, I think that this movie, I, I'd love to double check this, but I think it won... An Oscar for special effects? Total Recall did? Yeah, or a goal. It won, or it was at least nominated for an Oscar for special effects. I, I I need to go back and look that up, but I, I remember, yeah, the special effects were so brown, groundbreaking at that time. Like, just, just wow. the scene where that lady is there at her desk and she's changing the color of her fingernails was just like, that is the most incredible oh, thing I've ever like seen. Oh, like the touchpad thing. Yeah, yes. pretty dope. Yeah, it won an Academy Award for special vis- uh, for best visual go. effects in yeah. 1991. Yeah, very Damn. worth it. I mean, it's absolutely deserved it. I mean, it was so great. I mean, because it's like we were talking about. It's all it's all uh, like mostly practical effects. A lot of miniatures in this movie. 
Just mm-hmm. they they do it so damn well. Wow. And the act Jesus. the action is so well choreographed in this thing. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, what was Verhoeven's next movie after that? Do you know off the top of your head? Ooh, I'm not see, looking at uh, anything. Basic just, Instinct. Another chance. Was it Basic Instinct? Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, 1994. Two. Two. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That one, that one is a raging success too. That was that was yeah, a lot of fun. The next few, not so much. Yeah, well, everybody's got their downpour downside. Yeah, but Showgirls. Showgirls Trooper wasn't that far Man. off, right? Ninety five yeah, or like, ninety six. So Showgirls is ninety five. Starship Troopers ninety seven. Hollow Man two thousand. Hey, Starship Troopers, I love. Uh, I I won't say bad things about that. It's it's corny, but it is a lot of fun. It, it, it Starship Troopers is what a canon picture should have been. Correct. Yes, but but even that is too good for it. Like, the, yeah, the, that's the fair. special effects and once again the Verhovenness of it, the ultra violence, just it, it's too good for canon. Another TriStar. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah I, I I love their film. So now now that you remember, yeah, like I'm telling you, I can, all I can hear is that theme song of that horse coming along. No, it's great. Yes. Yeah, it's you, right there. Like you knew, like oh man, yep. this is the film I want to I want to watch. Damn it! Yeah, sure as shit. Oh. It starts off Friday night too. How could it be terrible? <laughs> yeah, how could it be? I don't know. Boy. Oh man. Don't worry. I know we'll never find that one on digital. I own it on you know on hard copy. Yeah, that that is a hard okay. one to find. You're you're actually lucky to own a copy it's of that. It's difficult to find. Oh, speaking of, okay, what? What's the name of this of this movie? We got okay, watch? okay. So you've never seen King Solomon's Mine. Thank you. Okay, no. okay. So there was there was that movie. They were done by Canon Films, and they did it. They actually did a sequel to that movie too, called King Solomon's Mines. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Alan Quartermain in the Lost City of Gold. That's the okay. sequel. But yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the poster. Essentially, right here. what it is is an Indiana Jones ripoff. Oh really? Um, so Alan Quartermain, yeah. It's it, it takes back it takes place back in like. The 1917, 1918 during World War One, um, uh-huh. but yeah, Alan Quartermain is out there and he's always chasing, you know, some sort of treasure, um, you know. And Sharon Stone ends up, you know, tagging along with him through circumstances, and they go on this crazy adventure. And it's just got cheesy special effects on it. Um, it's it's it, I, as a kid, I really loved the movie. It's it's. It, it was so entertaining. I'm sure, I don't remember the last time I've ever seen it, but I'm sure it probably doesn't hold up as good as it used to. Oh, shit. It's uh, it's online for free right now. Is it? What uh, what streaming service? Uh, YouTube for free. Oh. Well, I could... Hour and 39 minutes. It looks like the whole movie. <laughs> it's okay. So that one is pretty good. Um, if you watch the sequel, the sequel is definitely not as good. But so we should watch the quote better Indiana Jones ripoff. Uh, yeah, I kind of <laughs> feel like if you want to start in canon, maybe this oh, is the fuck. one you want to watch because it's. I I, I I can guarantee you this: you'll have a lot more fun with it than you would Superman Four. Really? Oh, by far. Okay. By far. Ooh, wow! Yeah. And you're really making me. I'm starting to really regret. Say we should watch Superman four now because you are not setting it up to be a, an entertaining. Watch no, whatsoever. I mean it, we're gonna watch it because we have to. We have to get through that. But I'll give you this. Jesus. I mean, so so just just on the on the fact, I just remembered this that uh-huh. there is an Indiana Jones tie-in to this, 
Really? To King Solomon. Yeah, because John John Rhys Davies is in it. No shit. Yeah. So as this as Sala, like the same. No, character? not not Sala. No, 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 no. Oh. But but he is in it. Uh, I, I won't tell you any more about his character, but he is definitely. Does he play in Gimli in this? Is this is his first appearance <laughs> yeah. as Gimli? Well, close. He's got a beard. So. All right. Well, that'll work. I'm I'm good. I'm good with that then. So yeah, let's let's start with that. And, okay. And then let's. Uh, I think I think our uh, our listeners will, will enjoy that. Probably. Oh shit! James Earl Jones is in it. Wrap back around. Oh, that's right, right. There. Look at that. He is. He is. Is that? He's in this one, or is he in the? Oh, he's, he's listed he's on this one. one. I'm looking right at his name right here. Oh God, I forgot that too. Yeah. Well, I I just got excited. Yeah. About so this. just all right. You, you go in with the mindset that you're like, yeah, this is gonna be a canon film. <laughs> go in with the mindset. It's better than Superman yeah. four. And it's better than Superman yes. four. Like I I kind of wish. Todd, the, the only reason I'd want you to have to recently watch Superman four is you could once again watch this <laughs> and say say why could they have made this so much better than Superman four? Uh, <laughs> well, okay it. I have access to watch both, so I'm sure I will get to both at some point in the next few days. So, Woo. yeah, I know it's not going to be fun, but it's it's, it's done, like I I, yeah, I, you'll have fun with this one. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you're going to try to watch the the sequel back to back on it. Um, it depends on how much I laugh at this one. Like you'll, you'll if laugh I, if I get if I get some good chuckles out of this one, I might just roll into the next one. I can tell you this: when I was when I probably saw this when I was ten or eleven, maybe twelve, mm-hmm. um, I remember laughing. Uh, as a kid, thinking it was kind of a silly movie, so nice. you you might get some laughs out of it. it it's corny, but it's I look it's forward fun. to it. Yeah, definitely worth it. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the conversation that, that follows. Oh boy, I cannot wait! I'm truly excited for this. <laughs> yeah, you say that now, but okay. I do because I know I can go back and watch Cobra to watch watch Bad Taste. True, yeah, tr- that is very true. <laughs> if there's anything good that Cannon made, you know, it, it was at least Cobra. It's at least Cobra. We at least have that. Oh, okay. So, man. Okay. So, speaking of, we the last time we talked, we talked about an over the top. How there, someone online alluded to the fact that there might have been a deleted scene at the end of that movie between Robert Loja and Sylvester Stallone. Oh yeah, Stallone. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I went back and watched it in a couple of times, and it being Vegas in the late '80s, there were a lot of guys that looked like Robert Loja <laughs> in that town at the time. Uh, Tanned you know, up, tall, and... tanned, you know, graying, you know, somewhat flashy suit. Uh, there is someone walking like 50 feet away from Stallone, really? but the opposite direction. He's, he is walking towards a limo, you yeah. know, towards the, the open door of the back right? limo. But yeah, it, so it, it could very well be Robert Loggia, but there's no, you don't see his face. Stallone doesn't mention it like, hey, your grandpa's an okay guy, Mike. There's nothing like that. Like he just goes right into the putting the fucking the hawk gas cap on the truck and they roll out. So yeah, it's obviously it may or may a not scene be true. that was cut from the movie. Right. So. Yeah. So there could be something there. I went back and checked. Yeah, it, I was like, I guess it could be Loja. I'm not did sure. You, you didn't like watch the whole movie, though, right? You just kind of fast no, forward. No, 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 yeah, no. I would have felt really bad if yeah. you went back no. and watched that whole thing. No, I, I was not, you know. It's no Roadhouse, so I, no. I skipped right to the No, end. it's not. I would watch Roadhouse a thousand times before I ever, Readily, ever yes. go back to uh, For sure. over the top. <laughs> Boy. Oh, man. All right, well, hey, we do got a lot of shit to watch. Let's get out of here, man. Everybody, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Can you dig it?